Hello and welcome to episode 182 of The Cool Room. Uh, I'm your host, David Griffiths. A pleasure as ever to have your ears listening into the podcast. Uh, a couple of really interesting interviews today uh, at a really fascinating and, to be honest, a bit sad time in the industry of craft beer here in Victoria, Australia. Um, I say that because literally in the last half hour or so, as I've been sitting here getting ready to record and putting together the last interview for this, uh, we found out that Two Birds Brewing uh, are going to be closed down. And for anyone who's been part of the Melbourne craft beer scene uh, over the last decade or so, they would know Two Birds, an iconic brand, uh, iconic for all the best reasons, uh, both because of the team that worked there and because of the beers they produced. Uh, so it's with sadness that we share that news today. Um, really hoping that all the team out there and particularly the founders uh, are feeling like they're in an okay space with that news. Uh, obviously really hard for everyone who works there. Hopefully everyone finds a new job and, um, well, keeps being part of the industry that I know they love. Um, in terms of the changing times in the Victorian beer industry, we also have news from Torboy and Moose. Many people will have seen the news that uh, there's going to be some changes out there. So we catch up with one of the team from Torboy and Moose to talk about the future. And um, if you're interested, I should say, in hearing the stories of either of those brewers, please go back and check out our archives. They've both been on numerous times over the years, uh, big supporters of the podcast. Steve from Torboy and Moose, uh, I think was episode two, 180 episodes over four years ago. Uh, go back and listen to their evolving story with him and the team. And similarly, uh, we had Jane from Two Birds On about four years ago when Damo and I went out to visit The Nest. Uh, and so go back and check out those episodes if you want to relive some some of those days where things were just starting out for those breweries. Um, as well as, uh, as well as Torboy and Moose today, we also welcome Chris Adkins uh, from Bendigo Beer, talking about Bendigo on the Hop, a great beer festival that's going to be coming up next month. Uh, and that's a really fun, positive episode. Uh, great to hear some beer lovers up there in Bendigo doing some great things run by volunteers, uh, largely, and um, just some really fun things. So some positive ways to, to finish off the episode. Uh, look, obviously I always start out with a few little bits of spruiking and um, look, it'd be great if you could follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Obviously, if you can subscribe to the podcast, that helps heaps as well. Uh, and if you follow us on Facebook, go to our events page and check out all of the events that are going up there. Uh, I'm going to be, if I find the time after everything else I need to do today, uh, I'm going to be putting up a couple more events uh, with online Meet the Brewers opportunities some really fun ones. Behemoth Brewing from New Zealand and now Australia are already up uh, on the, uh, the Facebook events. A couple of more announcements of both Australian and overseas breweries are going to be joining us. So click to RSVP to those, grab the tasting packs from our online store and you can be part of them. And look, the other thing that I've been spruiking for a couple of episodes now, we are so close to being able to open up the 
black box uh, that we've been collaborating with carbon sellers on. We're going to be kicking off four live online events featuring 12 different brewers, the 12 brewers who've made the beers that have gone into that box. That kicks off on Sunday, July 2nd. Um, we had a couple of people talk about the changing economic circumstances that we all find ourselves in at the moment. We had a couple of people who got in contact with me and said that they uh, they would rather not go ahead with their purchase just due uh, to their circumstances, and I have agreed to that. Really silly business decision on my part, uh, but they've been long-time supporters of the podcast, so uh, was happy to do that. That does mean that we do have a couple more of those cases available. And just like breweries, things like the podcast uh, can only really continue if we do get support by people purchasing the packs. Uh, the pack for the uh, for the black box is just amazing. Twelve different beers made for the box by 12 of Australia's very best brewers. Uh, jump on to the Shopify, just Google Cool Room Podcast Shopify, and you'll be able to track that down. Support us by grabbing that or some of the other great beers that we have available there. Check out all the Sierra Nevada beers that we have in following our live show with them. Check out our $25 six-pack section uh, and do whatever you can to support us. It's hugely appreciated. And obviously, tell all your friends about the podcast, spread the word, Come and join us in the flesh. Come and join us online for our Meet the Brewers, uh, and we will go from strength to strength here in the cool room. Okay, let's get underway with our first interview with Lisa from Torboy and Moose. We're joined now by Lisa E.T. from Torboy and Moose, obviously a brewery that we've had on many times before, but Lisa, your first time on the podcast. Sure is, yeah. I've... um listen to your podcast a few times and I know Steve was on with Torboy and was just at Good Beer Week so just a few weeks ago it feels like. <laughs> Absolutely uh, one of the I think Torboy and Moose was one of the first breweries we'd ever did an outside broadcast at go back and check out episode number two I think if you want to find that one mm-hmm. 180 episodes ago but uh, <laughs> Lisa welcome to the show today we've got a, a whole lot of things to talk about but um, just for people who are listening in around the world uh, who have found this episode and never listened to any of the other ones, can you tell us where Tallboy and Moose is and just a little bit about the history of the brewery and then we'll talk about all the latest news? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am the, the marketing and events person for Tallboy and Moose. Um, we are a little brewery based in Preston, so northern suburbs of Melbourne, um, we've been around for, yeah, seven years this, this year in October. Um, Dan and Steve started the brewery together. Um, Dan is tall boy <laughs> and Steve is moose. So the two of them had met in the, in the Melbourne brewing scene and they then started to kind of work on a few projects and eventually in 2016, they found this, this brew pub here and, um, started making making beers for the brew pub and eventually selling it wholesale as well to other other venues. Um, we have a kitchen, very cozy brew pub. Yeah. Yeah, and known for a really wide style of beers as well. Yeah. So um, from from very easy drinking ones to some weird and wonderful and I um, <laughs> and I mean the wonderful bit of that especially. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We like to kind of push boundaries every now and then. And um, 
yeah, we've made some really weird things, especially lately as well for our native flavors event. We made a, a yabby stout, which still I think is, is really interesting and tastes amazing. Absolutely. So the Yabby Stout was part of your native flavour series. It was also uh, on tap at Beard Lux for the Cool Room Hair of the Dog breakfast. So we got to have it for a breakfast beer. And um, for anyone who doesn't know what a Yabby is, we'll go back and check. Steve joins us and explains. But think little Australian freshwater crustaceans. Uh, Really interesting, really interesting uh, beer to have. Um, (laughs) Look, we've got a whole lot of news to get through, but we should explain why you're here joining us today uh, rather than Dan or Steve to begin with. So why are you on deck for us? Yeah. Um, Dan, a.k.a. Tallboy, is um, currently on leave. He left uh, for some hot, warm place today, which I'm very (laughs) jealous about. It's Um, not fair, is it? My wife's up in Brisbane today and it is a very cold Melbourne day. The sun is out, but it's freezing. Yes, um, it is. So, yeah, very jealous there. And um, Steve, a.k.a. Moose, has um, very recently, kind of as of this week, stepped down. He's um, left the business and um, or the brewery, and Dan is now the sole director. And so so um, that's, that's pretty big news in the Melbourne scene, hmm. isn't it? Um, I, was, I, I sent an email on Monday night because I love my Canada Day, as we'll explain, um, and got the out-of-office, I guess you'd call it, from Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's it's big news, but it, or recent news, but it's definitely been, I don't know, brewing, I guess, between the, <laughs> between the two of them for a little bit, as in they have been discussing where to go with the, um, with the business um, in the current climate, which direction to kind of take and uh, they've explored different options there and eventually Steve came to the decision that he kind of wanted to do something else while Dan really wanted to yeah to keep going and um, make our yeah um, just keep going with our with our brewery with Tolboy and Moose so that's that's what we're doing <laughs> a very amicable kind of um, split, if you may, um, no bad blood or anything, just really, yeah. Absolutely, and I know that's, <laughs> that's appealing all the way around. Um, mm-hmm. And it's as you say, the brewery's been around for a long time, and so it's not super surprising, I guess, that uh, after a while people look for different projects and different adventures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need a change every now and then, don't you, and like a bit, yeah. Um, Steve doesn't have a new project planned immediately. He's just taken a little bit of a break. He's going back to Canada to see his family. Um, he hasn't been back since COVID, so that's going to be really, really nice. And he's going to take his kids um, there to see the grandparents. So he's got a, a nice little break planned as well. Very nice. And he's chosen the right time of the year to go to Canada as well, I reckon. we've. Uh... Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Now, and we should tell the story of you just a little bit. What brought you to Tallboy and Moose and how long have you been there? I've been with Tallboy and Moose for just under two years. I am originally German. <laughs> um, my partner's Australian. So he kind of um, relocated me, or I have chosen <laughs> Melbourne as my, <laughs> as my permanent home. 
And um, initially I was working with STA travel and then, um, yeah, there was a little COVID pandemic and STA travel unfortunately had to go, um, they went insolvent. And then, yeah, via another job, I kind of came to Torgoy and Moose. I was very excited about working in the beer industry. I've been working in marketing for a while, but I believe I've never actually promoted a product that I was as passionate about as I am for beer. And um, I, I'm really, I love being in the industry and the networking and being part of Pink Boots is just an awesome, that, there's just an awesome community out there. We should, look, I wasn't going to, but you, you touched on Pink Boots. First of all, let's explain <laughs> yeah. to people what Pink Boots is. Pretty well known now in Australia, but for our international listeners as well, what is Pink Boots all about? Um, Pink Boots is a, a not-for-profit that's set up to support women and um, non-binary people, anyone, to kind of um, support them in the fermenting industries. So it's not just beer, it's also um, distilleries and wine. I've um, never actually heard it called the fermenting industries before, but I like I, that. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what they, <laughs> they call it. I think so. So they say they kind of support uh, us in a in a male dominated industry with um, with networking, with resources, with um, places where you can kind of get together and learn from each other. We have uh, various brew days all over Australia, really, not just Melbourne, um, where yeah, everyone comes together and makes a beer. Um, yeah, it's it's an awesome. Awesome organisation. And I guess we might as well shout out to the fact that the reason why we were talking about Pink Boots before we pressed record is that mm. Two Birds, which is a very major brewery here in Melbourne, uh, formed and founded by two great female brewers, have announced today that they're closing down the brewery. So there seems to be too many of those announcements going around at the moment. But great to hear that's not the story out at Torboy and Moose. No. <laughs> and and particularly great because I'm supposed to be coming out there for Canada today. So there were a, oh. there was a little bit of concern originally uh, amongst my friends that perhaps Canada Day would not be on. That's not the case, is it? Canada Day is very much going up. Canada Day is very much going ahead. Steve wasn't sure about his, his Canada plans, but he's definitely invited as the guest of honour as well. So he <laughs> might. <laughs> I hope he's going to come by. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah, it's it's a, a day that we have celebrated kind of since Torvay and Moose has started with Steve being Canadian. Um, very much an event <laughs> on that was that was close to him, that was important to him. And yeah, we this this year round it's um Canada Today, so the first of July is actually on a Saturday, which is works. Course, Perfectly. Awesome. Works yep. perfectly. We're making a whole weekend out of it. So we will have um, some things going on on the second, on the Sunday as well. A little hangover session, which is <laughs> great, which Caesars are just amazing for. <laughs> are you a fan? I, do you like Caesars? I do. I, it feels to me like Canadian cuisine is expertly designed to deal with hangovers. <laughs> Caesars are for anyone who doesn't know. Um, Pretty much a Bloody Mary with clamato juice instead of tomato juice. And clamato juice is clam tomato juice. 
hope I extend that right. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess the, uh, the, the other thing that we know is an integral part of Canadian cuisine is poutine. Are we going to be getting some poutine out there? Of course, yes. <laughs> we have poutine on our regular menu. menu. Um, so you can come by any day for poutine. But yes, we have ordered an extra large amount of, of cheese curds in. <laughs> um, there's um, gravy. There's also vegetarian gravy, if um, anyone wants that. Very um, good. Yeah, so Definitely, definitely. And then um, there's also going to be a few more Canadian food items. Our chef was going to let me know about them either today or tomorrow. I'll put them in our Facebook event. Um, but yes, there's lots of Canadian cuisine is going to be around. Well, as someone who used to own a poutine restaurant, and let's be clear, it was my, it was my very good friend, Rob, <laughs> the, uh, the Canadian who was the inspiration and the workhorse of actually designing the menu. Uh, he was the expert, but I have eaten a lot of poutine in my time. I have carried a lot of baskets of poutine. I have dropped <laughs> a lot of baskets of poutine <laughs> on the floor. So, so did you have just, did you have multiple types of poutine? Absolutely. So it was burgers. Mm-hmm. We had about five or six types of poutine on the menu. Wow. Uh, yes. And and a carrot, but that's another story. So for people who have been around for a while, they'll know the carrot <laughs> stories. But poutine, talk about food that is perfect for a hangover. Uh, Amazing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, look, let's give people the details of where they can find the brewery, but also, as you said, uh, there's a Facebook event up, and that's a great way to keep up the speed with all of the news as it comes to hand about the day. Yeah, so on the on the 1st of July, on, on actual Canada Day, um, as mentioned, we'll have all sorts of Canadian-themed food. We'll have Canadian tunes um, going, so that, that'll be awesome. It'll be for a good vibe. Decorations. Lots of Junior High playing in the background on the TV or something like that, I'm sure. The, yep, yep. Um, ice hockey shirts, jerseys, welcome, <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, and then we are going to have a wing eating contest on the Saturday night as well. So that should get, um, well, quite messy and that will be a lot of fun, I, I hope. <laughs> that sounds good. And, and lots of apologising. So if you bump into someone, you need to apologise. If you yep. Canadians are such lovely people. Yes. And like nothing oh. more than a good apology. Yeah. I've just um, even, I've only been here for, for two years with the company, but I've been here before I was started working here, I was a, a punter. I was coming here just because I loved the place so much. And I, I have been to a few Canada days, um, even though I'm German, but I have, I've lived in Canada for 10 months. So now I feel like I'm <laughs> an honorary Canadian, which probably not. But anyway, I have always just loved the vibe on Canada Day. And it's just such a nice thing when everyone in the venue is kind of you know, there's a, an underlying community cause there. Every, everyone's there for the same reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Look, it sounds like an excellent day. I'm very much hoping that I can get out there and enjoy it. On the first, on the second, I know I'm booked up with an online call room event. So uh, encourage everyone to get out there on the Saturday if you want to see my smiling face 
That's Saturday yeah. and Sunday, the 1st and 2nd of July, is the time to go out to Preston. What's the address of the brewery? 270 Raglan Street in, yep, 3072 Preston. Awesome. Um, do you have a table booked already, David? Of course not. I'm not that organised. Oh, I um they do they do book out so it's <laughs> recommended to book a table on the website, um, but there is going to be space for walk-ins as well. So all good and not. It's a good be- reminder not just to disorganised me, but anyone else who might be equally disorganised. I know many of our listeners are quite disorganised, so <laughs> a good reminder to jump on the website and book a table so you don't miss out. Yes. Yeah. Um, but also, it's nice to share with strangers. So I'm sure if you just walk in, you'll find a spot at with someone else. Absolutely. Canadians <laughs> make friends very easily. So yeah. I'm sure that you'll make some new friends out there on the day. Lisa, thanks for your time today. It's excellent to hear all of the fun things that are happening out and to know that Cowboy and Moose is going forward into the future with many good plans and schemes. Yes. Yes, we are. Thanks so much for having me. A pleasure. Well, it's exciting today to be talking to Chris Adkins from Bendigo Beer. We're going to be discussing Bendigo on the Hop, uh, which is a great, fun beer festival taking place in central Victoria. Chris, welcome to the show for the first time. Thanks for having me. Fantastic to uh, be having a little bit of a chat to you about the festival. It is awesome to have you on. Look, we have listeners not just in Melbourne and Australia, but right around the world. We better tell them where Bendigo is, and aside from the fact that it's my birthplace and there's plaques up all around the city for the important things that I did there, paint us a bit of a picture about where Bendigo is and what it's like as a town. Yep, so um, Bendigo is pretty much smack bang in the middle of Victoria. I'm actually pretty sure there's uh, one of those lovely plaques. It might not have your name on it, but I think (laughs) there might be a lovely plaque nearby that indicates yeah, literally the centre of Victoria. So um, regional centre in the middle of Victoria, um, you know, I always forget what our population is, but uh, we can call it a pretty bustling metropolis. But Bendigo started to build up a pretty good reputation over the last sort of five to ten years as being um, not just a sort of epicentre for craft beer in the regional areas of Victoria, but also um, from a gastronomic point of view. So um, Bendigo's probably got a bit going on sort of culturally and in the, in the pub and, and restaurant scene and, um, you know, bringing a lot of stuff into the art gallery. They had the Elvis exhibition on last year too, which was, um, which was pretty exciting for a lot of people. So yeah, it's a, um, there's a fair bit going on around here. It, uh, it seems like I moved out of Bendigo in 1992. You probably weren't even born then, I'm guessing. But um, I was. <laughs> I was still pretty. I was, a, I was a real little tacker, though, I will say. And were you a Bendigo boy by birth? or uh, uh, Close by. Close by, Dalesford, originally. Oh. So, um, but I was, I was on the other side of the, um, the nemesis equation, whereas with Dalesford, I was a bit more of a Ballarat sort of boy with junior sport and those sorts of things. So it was interesting. We could, we could go down a rabbit hole here. We yeah, could, exactly. We, or Heinrich <laughs> from Norway would be incredibly confused as we battled about central Victorian gold mining towns for the next hour or so. We better not uh, do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll leave that to the side. And um, 
tell us about Bendigo beer because, like, you know, really generally, genuinely, and we'll talk about the rifle brigade, I'm sure, along the way here, but other than the rifle, there really wasn't much craft beer up in Bendigo when I, when I was there in the early 90s. My parents are still up there, so I pop up from time to time. It's certainly changed. Yeah. Um, so I've only joined Bendigo Beer about three years ago, um, but Bendigo Beer itself started in a, around about 2011, um, pretty much just a few of the locals who were into good beer at the time or what they would consider to be good beer and their sort of stated aim was um, they're trying to encourage some of the local venues to sort of look outside of those traditional tap contracts that they had with, you know, all the big players and, and start to think about making a bit of room for some independently owned breweries. Um, and so after a couple of years in 2013, um, Bendigo Beer actually moved to become an incorporated non-for-profit um, and with a stated aim of, of promoting a better drinking culture within the central Victorian region with a focus on independent and preservative free and locally made beer. So they sort of made that step up and that's when they started to look at um, some of the stuff like, you know, running Bendigo on the hop and running a lot of local events, not just with local pubs, but also um, some events, a lot of people in Bendigo would be familiar with our beer versus wine event, which is uh, run with um, a different restaurant each time. And it pits um, essentially Bendigo beer up against the Bendigo wine growers who um, match different courses of a meal with a beer and a wine. And then at the end, everyone decides which one they preferred better. So running some events like that um, has, you know, been sort of the aim of just trying to, you know, get that that profile of independent beer going in Bendigo, um, and it's a it's a completely volunteer run committee. Um, there's six of us at the moment. Some pretty varied backgrounds in hospitality, finance, um, event production, planning. I'm a physio myself, um, so you know we've got a pretty a pretty broad church of skills to um, to pull from. Not just now, but in the past since Bendigo beer has been a thing. Um, a lot of people within the independent beer community in Victoria could possibly say around Australia, if we want to pump his tyres up, would be familiar with one of the Bendigo beer OGs, which is Trev Burks. Absolutely. Um, and he's, he's still very heavily involved in Bendigo beer, but he's actually, the last couple of years, he's stepped back a little bit just around work and family. And so he's moved from the chair position down to vice chair. One of our other members, Alyssa Tucker, was chair for uh, last year or the year before. And then I've taken over that role more recently going into next year as well. Also, I mean, it's interesting. I don't really know many other organisations like that around Australia. Are there a whole lot of other ones that I'm not aware of? Do you have much contact to their sort of brother and sister groups? Not, not. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, this might be one spot where Treb's uh, old man expertise comes into it, having been around the traps. And he seems to know everyone and anyone who's got anything to do with independent beer, he seems to know them. Um, but, yeah, as far as I'm aware, um, organisations like ours might be few and far between, particularly in a re- I think I think what I'd probably highlight there would be more the regional factor as well. I can imagine there may be some similar things going on around um, some of the metro areas around Australia, but certainly within a sort of regional centre and, and trying to bring 
somewhere like Bendigo to be, you know, one of the, you know, one of the most renowned areas in Australia for craft beer. Um, I'm not not really aware of, of anyone else who's doing the same thing. Yeah, no, it's a, it's really fascinating. If you're if you're listening into the podcast and you are here and you you do belong to a similar group somewhere, you know, get in touch with us. Get in touch with Bendigo Beer as well, because obviously mm. that kind of support from similar organisations. You know, back in the day, there used to be that kind of thing much more in wine and even around some sort of food styles and so yep. forth. Like you know, there'd be curry clubs and things in some regional towns, rural cities, um, but not as much around the craft beer as, as certainly from my memory. Mm, mm, absolutely. So let's get let's get on to the to the main feature of what we're talking about today, which is Bendigo on the Hop. How long has that yeah. festival been around? And then we can start to talk, I guess, about what makes it special. Yeah. Well, I, I will just say before we get started on it, I just I just want to thank all of our major sponsors for the festival again because they you know they throw some money in to help us along with it, but uh, a lot of them have been there with us for many years. Um, you know, particularly a couple of the breweries almost from day dot. So our, our major sponsors for the festival, Bridge Road Brewers, Holgate Brewhouse, Crafty Pint, Better Cup and Explore Bendigo. Um, I just want to give a shout out to them and thank them for being involved because without them, we wouldn't have a festival year Absolutely. after year. So it's really important um, that we've got some great sponsors on our side. Um, in terms of the festival itself, so this is, I believe, the ninth, iteration of the festival um we can call we'll call it nine years there was there was a, a year that we missed um due to covid 2021 couldn't run a festival but um we made up for that and we got the versions of the festival in the years back to equal by running two last year <laughs> which was i'll tell you what that was a it was unreal but I don't think many of us are too keen to uh be running out and doing that again from an organizational side of things it's an interesting challenge when you've got to do that much in that amount of time, isn't it? And yeah. um, Bendigo was probably a bit lucky in terms of COVID compared to Melbourne in terms of the lockdowns because you, you could out in that beyond the ring of steel around the city, there was still the capacity to sort of have gatherings and do things like that, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, to an extent. So, you know, there, you know we were still able to go out and um, particularly, you know, I sort of mentioned earlier that one of the, one of the goals of Bendigo Beer is to support you know, local, um, you know, local pubs and organisations that support independent beer. So we were still able to get out there and support them and encourage the community to sort of keep them going because I know that a lot of places, particularly, you know, metro centres like Melbourne, um, really struggled during that period. So it was good from our point of view that we could sort of, you know, keep some of those venues going um, so that we didn't, you know, come out on the other side and end up in a wasteland again. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about the festival. It's a bit different. Normally when we think beer festivals, we think everyone gathering together in one enormous warehouse yeah. or building together, or we think yeah. about something a bit more perhaps like Pint of Origin where, you know, it goes for a week or so and you can go to different venues. Bendigo on the hop sort of a little bit between all of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And... and um you know, from, from talking to Treb and a few of the old um, Bendigo beer heads, that was sort of one of the ideas behind it as well is that, you know, they wanted to not only promote Bendigo as a, you know, a regional craft beer centre, but also stand out from the crowd a bit and go, hey, you know, here's, here's something different. We're not just 
going to go into a big building or we're not just going to chuck you out in the middle of an oval and put up some marquees. Um, it's sort of going, hey, here's a really nice way to, to not only help everyone who comes to the festival to, you know, be able to actually see all these great venues um, who are supporting independent beer, but also give them the opportunity to see Bendigo. You know, while you're walking around, you know, from one venue to the next, you can you can go through the Botanic Gardens, you know, you can go up through the CBD, go to a couple of the shops on your way, um, you know. Drop in to always... see my parents, you know, say, yeah, yeah, Dave says yep. hello. Yeah, um, and, and then even afterwards be able to go and, you know, experience some of the restaurants and things like that. So, um, you know, that's, I think that's one of the great things about Bendigo on the Hop. It, it is, it's, it's different. It's not just the same thing. You're not just walking from stall to stall. You, you know, each venue's different. It's got its own vibe. It's got its own feel. Um, you know, some of them get really creative with some of the different ways that they, you know, get their venue set up and have their entertainment. So yeah, it's, um, it's, it's really good. And without, hopefully without jinxing it, cause I've got fingers and toes and everything possible <laughs> crossed. Mother Nature usually has usually turns the weather on as well. So it's usually a beautiful sunny day. I think there's only been one year where it's rained. Touch wood. But we'll we'll see. Usually it's it's beautiful just coming out the back end of winter. And that's really where you want to be in a town like Bendigo rather than Ballarat, because Bendigo's weather is just that much more sunny and beautiful. I thought we were leaving this battleground. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, I complete I completely agree. Completely agree. Um, there are 10 venues. Obviously, we can't mention them all today, but perhaps just to give people a bit of a feel who are listening in from Melbourne, may not have travelled up to Bendigo recently, what sorts of venues are, are going to be on the list? Is it just all pubs or is it a bit more diverse than that? Yeah, a bit more diverse. We've got there's – a, there's a nice little mix. There's, um, you know, there's a couple of pubs in there, um, the Rifle Brigade being the biggest one up the top of the hill. Um, there's a few sort of smaller bars in there. Um, you know, Babylon is a, a lovely little small venue that does some, um, you know, some great beers and cocktails and, and they've been in the festival for the last few years and absolutely loved it. Um, Handlebar, which is, um, you know, snugged away in the middle of one of the blocks in the CBD. And that's refused. a real little gem, isn't it? I, that's oh. my sneaky little spot to go if I'm a bit early for the train back to Melbourne, just to yep. duck in there for a beer or two. Yep. It's in an absolutely perfect spot, and it's it's always a um, – I think the breweries know that it's a real prime spot as well because there's always, uh, you know, quite a number of requests of, could we please be at Handlebar? Can we please be at Handlebar? <laughs> um, but we've also got a couple of – we have a couple of pop-up venues too, so in the, the main mall in Bendigo, um, and then also – I'm glad um, you said the, mall rather than mall. I have this yeah, discussion with a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so in, in the mall, and then we've got a car park pop-up as well. So, um, you know, both of those pop-ups are, are run by um, venues in town, one of whom, the Cambrian, a huge, huge supporter of independent beer in Bendigo and have, have been a great part of the festival for a while. They run the um, the hub in the mall just simply because they're just a little bit too far out themselves to, to be a, a venue in their own pub. Um, and then this year... We've got, unfortunately, we lost Hustler, which was a an unreal venue, um, but they're no longer operating. So that was a really big void that we had to try and fill. And 
Um, thankfully, we've got two new venues. Um, one of them is Bendigo Brewing, um, who will be the second brew pub in Bendigo. Um, yeah, right. So whereabouts are they? I, you know. Yes, they're just a few doors down from Hop Supply. So okay. where Hop, there's, there's Black Swan, and then a little bit further down from them, there's Hop Supply, which is the car park pop-up. And then a few doors further down um, is Bendigo Brewing. Um, Don't tell like, me they've taken over a funeral parlour. I thought that part of the world was mainly... Next door to the funeral parlour, thankfully. <laughs> um, but it might, yeah, we might just have to make sure that we don't get too noisy, um, you know, when everyone's sort of having a bit of a party on the day because we don't want to make enough noise to wake the dead. So we'll, just, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be careful there. Um, but there, as, as most people can probably understand who have opened a brewery, um, from, from what I know, Bendigo Brewing, it's been a little bit of a battle just with lots of delays here and there. So um, unfortunately, they won't actually be operating as a brewery in terms of providing beer themselves, but they'll certainly be um, housing two of the breweries um, attending the festival in there. Uh, and then the second one is um, Bendigo's first microbrewery brew pub inside the actual CBD. So that's Brewers Collective. Um, and I can say that they're the first um, sort of involved brewery that we'll also announce as well, because we haven't really put any of this information out there. Yep. Um, so Brewers Collective, I'm actually really excited about them because the, it's um, four fellas from Bendigo, Randall, Simon, Neil and um, Brett Davis, who's the head brewer. Um, they're pretty well known within the home brewing community in Bendigo. Um, and they sort of, yeah, a couple of years ago decided we're going to do this. So they uh, took over an old Salvation Army Hall um, that's just a little bit further down the road from where Hustler was. Um, and they, again, they had a similar experience with a few little setbacks and slowdowns and things like that. But we, they love, finally... we love our setback stories here, not, oh. because, not because we like people to be sad and miserable, but because there always is a story. And I think in some ways those are the stories. It's the, it's the climbing of the mountain that makes the view fantastic when you get to the top. Yes, yeah, and I think it's made it very much worth it for these guys, um, and they've been pumping out, since they opened in March, they've been pumping out some fantastic beers. Um, like I said, you know, they're, they're pretty well known in the local homebrew community, and um, Randall and Brett have taken their fair share of awards out in different homebrewing competitions in the past, and then Brett, can uh, he went on and uh, completed his postgraduate certificate in brewing and malting at Fed Uni back in 2018. So he's taken that and now applying it to that commercial setting. Um, and, yeah, I can tell you they're smashing out some great beers. If Hopefully they'll have it on tap for the day. They have a, um, a hazy pale ale called uh, Hazel Junior and a hazy IPA called uh, Hazel Amazeballs. And I can tell you right now, if you get the chance, get on them because they're an absolute treat, an absolute treat. So I'm, I'm also pretty excited to see what Brett comes up with because he's had some pretty quirky beers in the past, including a beetroot sour and a choc mint coconut sour. Oh, so yeah. I'll be very – and the choc mint coconut sour, incredibly chocolatey, completely pale beer. So yeah, I'll be right. very interested to see what he comes up with um, 
albeit having to take that to a commercial setup. So maybe not as crazy as he's gone in the past. So with the breweries that are going to be there on the day, are they just with the core ranges or is what you're hinting at there that some of them do make some special things for the festival itself? Yeah, so um, each brewery brings along a core range beer and then they also bring along a festival beer. So that festival beer um, is generally either a unique beer that they've brewed just for the festival um, or sometimes they'll use it as a national launch for a, a limited run beer. Um, but yeah, there's, there's generally two beers from each brewery, um, the festival and the core. So that, that gives everyone a choice pretty much as they go around to each venue. Your ticket includes, uh, a sample from each brewery. So you sort of get to choose, do you have the core beer? Do you have the festival beer? Gives you a bit of an option if one of them might not be to your liking. Absolutely. And look, we obviously don't have time to sort of, you know, go through every, uh, every brewery that's going to be there. And we know that mm. some of that under wraps, but just to give us a bit of a feel, are they all Victorian breweries or are we going to see some interstaters coming in? What are we, what are we looking at? Yeah, we've, in, in the last, last few years, we've, we've had a few interstate breweries coming in, which has been fantastic. But this year, we're actually, we're almost exclusively Victorian with only one brewery out of the 18 being interstate. Which, yeah, yeah, we can, we can look at that a few different ways, but we're pretty proud to be able to look at it and go, you know what? Out of all these applications that we got for breweries to be a part of the festival, 17 of the 18 were unreal Victorian breweries that we couldn't say no to. And, um, well, I suppose you've, you've mentioned there the tickets. Where do people get their tickets? How do they keep up to date with the news about on the socials and so forth? Uh, yes. as we get closer and closer to August the 26th. Yeah, so um, if you jump on bendigobeer.com, there's some pretty prominent links on the website that'll take you to our Bendigo on the Hot page, um, and we've got a link there that'll take you to uh, the tickets. So tickets are $90, um, and that's with the booking fee included already in that. So we've copped that for everyone because we just love everyone and we want you to be at the festival. Um and it includes a souvenir cup as well as your um, sample tasting from each of those 18 breweries on show. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, Bendigo Beer, follow the Bendigo on the Hop links and you'll be able to get it from there. In, all, um, in terms of staying up to date, getting all the news, you know, we're going to be releasing the breweries soon and then each brewery's beer, you know, we'll sort of we'll throw out there as we get closer to the festival. So if you jump onto um, Facebook, Instagram, Follow the Bendigo on the Hot pages and Bendigo Beer socials as well on both Facebook and Instagram, um, and you'll be able to keep up with all of the news as the brewery releases and the beer releases and all that sort of stuff go out. I will say to everyone, and I, you know, we don't want to sort of blow our own heads up, but the tickets are selling. Yeah, They're absolutely. You, you can say that. You can. I've seen on the Facebook that you know you've yeah. been giving us a bit of a rundown every other time that there's a yeah. couple more hundred tickets sold. So it's so, pretty clear they're flying out the door. Yeah, so so we sold over 800 tickets in the first week of sales. Um, that's up now. We're well, over 800 in the first week. Um, so, yeah, we, we are going to sell out. So I'd certainly encourage everyone, if you really do want to be a part of it and you don't want to miss out, um, get in sooner rather than later. Craig, thank you. Sorry, Chris, I should say, thank you so much for being on the show today. Uh, it's been great to have a yarn and um, hopefully we'll be able to have a couple more yarns with both yourself, the rest of the Bendigo beer team and uh, some of the venues as we get closer to the date. 
And heck, we might even manage to make it up there. Don't tell my parents that I'm going to be in town. They'd be mortified if I came to Bendigo and didn't visit them. But um, come up and visit and um, spend some time with some of the cool rumens as we move around the Bendigo on the hop venues. Can't wait.